and verses 14 over to 17. Timothy 2, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of them thou hast learned of them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, and to all good works. May the Lord add his blessing to that portion of his own truth. Mentioned up there about training Timothy. And it was a learning process for Timothy, as for many of us. The learning process is important, and not just while you're at school, but right through, through life. The learning process goes on and on. Mind, at 15, <clears throat> I knew it all. I couldn't understand why they insisted on cramming more information into my brain. It was full already. At 19, I wish I'd paid more attention at school. But in my 80s, I find I'm still learning. I'm still learning even more because I still have an open mind and a will to know more, particularly from God's word. We learn by various processes. By which method do you best learn? Was it by hearing? Hearing the word of God spoken to you. Hearing messages that were spoken to you. Hearing perhaps CDs or radio. And then possibly by sight. By uh, pictures that we see. By television, internet, or even sites that we visit. The internet's great, isn't it? I wish I had that when I was teaching, because when I was teaching, you know, particularly A-level, you always had the bright ones there, and they'd say to me, sir, what about so-and-so? You think, I'll look that up, and I'll tell you tomorrow. And then feverishly, you'd look through the textbook. But now, you could just uh, pop out of the room for a minute, hang on a sec, and I'll Google it. It's amazing. I'll Google it. The ready hand information. How fortunate we are in this church to have frequent opportunities to learn more about God's Word. Messages that are spoken from God's Word. A Bible study. Discipleship meetings. And now, a library, fully stocked with books on every subject relating to the Word of God. Two of the great teaching books in the Bible are the first and second books of Timothy. They were written for Timothy's guidance by his mentor, Paul. And so, so how much love Paul had for him, as he was concerned that Timothy was prepared prepared for life, prepared for the pitfalls that might be ahead of him. Timothy worked with Paul and Silas and helped found churches, notably in Corinth and Thessalonica and in Philippi. In Acts, in Acts 9, chapter 19, rather, it says, So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a season. Paul's affection, Timothy was referred to in Corinthians, where he said, My beloved and faithful son in God. You see, that was a mentor talking about the love that he had for his apprentice for the young man who was learning at his feet. He was using his experience to put 
Timothy in the right mind. And so in Corinthians, we read these words. Now, if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Here, he's recommending Timothy to the people of the Corinthian church and showing that he has confidence in him, that he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. What he experiences in sharing the gospel characterizes more of the difficulties that Christians face with telling others of Jesus, as well as the importance of a strong Christian mentor. Like Paul, to help when we need encouragement. So let's look at some of those verses that I read out to you. The first one in verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. The impact of others on the learning process. Those demonstrating expertise in any walk of life have a certain authority, a certain authority when it comes to teaching others. Just think of the endless volumes of books that have been written on a variety of, of subjects. The TV and social media information, mines and mines of information on any subject. Lessons, lectures, tutorials, training courses by men and women who are experts in their own field. In fact, I spent most of my career in that sort of area. This certainly is true in our spiritual life. We write something earlier, let us learn, learn more about Jesus. And I thought, what a lovely introduction that is to my message. Learn, learn more about Jesus. Paul uses it as an exhortation to Timothy to stick with the faith because thou know, as it says in that verse, of whom thou hast learned them. It's not clear, but it's likely to have been his grandmother and his mother. Because in 2 Timothy, we read these words from Paul. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded in thee also. It's a, a challenge to us also, for whose lives we might influence, whose lives, you see, we, our lives are a gospel to others have been told so many times. And how do we pass this how do we demonstrate our love for Christ to others? Pastors mention this so, so many times. By the way we live, by the way we conduct ourselves, by the way we speak, by the way we treat others. Simple things, tasks. But it's ongoing. It's not just a one-off. It's an ongoing. Are we really the true ambassadors Christ would have us be? Paul mentions in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. Ambassadors for Christ. One of the definitions of ambassador is an official representative or messenger. An official representative. That is an amazing responsibility. We are God's representative on this earth. If you grew up in a family and in a church where people exhibited such qualities, then you are really blessed. If you didn't, perhaps you can start a dynasty. Because 
In Deuteronomy, we read, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them, that thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When thou liest down, the last thing at night. When thou risest up, the first thing in the morning. All of us, you see, are an influence on people. The police talk about Lockhart's exchange principle. Lockhart's exchange principle. It's about forensic science and holds that the perpetrator of a cr crime will bring something to a crime or leave something behind at a crime scene. Both can be used for forensic evidence. A burglar leaves a piece of clothing on a fence or a, a fingerprint on a door or a cigarette end that they've discarded. Each one can be used as a, as a means of identifying them. You con your contact with others leaves a trace. It leaves a trace behind. It's either convincing or sadly unconvincing. Timothy had some good role models. May we be those who help and don't hinder others in our walk with God. It's important to have mentors in our lives, but it's also important to be mentors in the lives of others. We see here in the verse, we are considering the power of godly mentoring in helping Christians to stand firm in a worsening world, in a world where it is difficult to be a Christian, in a world that has turned its back on God, in a world that is very resistant to the gospel message. Mentors are like those in church are like those referred to in Hebrews, where it says they are a great cloud of witnesses. A great cloud of witnesses. They encourage the way that we can run the race faithfully. That was an awesome thought. How many of you can think of specific mentors in your lives? I mentioned recently in Young at Heart, well, we each talk about our own careers or past careers, if we can remember them. But um, <laughs> I mentioned about the mentors in my life. I've had a variety in terms of uh, career, a variety of jobs in terms of my career. And so thus I've had a, a whole variety of mentors in my life, as I'm sure many of you have. One that stuck in my mind was my RE teacher, Mr. Davis, or Diego, as he was affectionately known. He persuaded me to do RE at A-level and then persuaded me to go into a university to become an RE teacher. And that has had an impact on my life for, for many, many years. And that leads us on to the next verse. Verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That talks of a legacy that's left behind. A legacy that's left behind. As you get older... <laughs> you start thinking, perhaps, of the legacy you might leave behind. Each one of us leaves a footprint in this world, a footprint. And therefore, it's important that we realize the impact that we have on others. You might, you might think that, oh, that, uh, you know, they haven't taken much notice of us. It is amazing. It really is amazing. Paul reminds Timothy that from a young age he had learned the scriptures and had been that they had shaped to help him. 
You must continue to hold on to God's word and live by it. God's word makes us wise and can lead us, lead others to salvation. As has been pointed out many times, those words from Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. Evidently, Timothy's family were aware of this verse because they had taught him the scriptures from infancy. This is made clear from the introductory words in Timothy, to Timothy in the book of Acts, Acts 16. Then came he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was Jewess and believed. By the time of Acts 16, you see, Timothy had a good reputation in his hometown of Lystra, suggesting the elders had done a good job in his life. We're not talking about the kind of knowledge designed to get top marks on mastermind. Timothy learned the scriptures that they might make him, as the verse says, wise for salvation through the faith in Jesus Christ. The scripture points to Jesus and encourages faith in him. Plenty know the Bible, even the, perhaps the origi- in the original translations, but it may not have an understanding and an appreciation of the purpose of the scriptures, which is that we have a living relationship with the author. And that's so important. We have a living relationship with the author. That's the kind of training we need, whatever the age. And it can't be clearer. In the word of God, we have something precious, which shouldn't just be brought out occasionally. I'm old enough to remember the days when each family had a family Bible. And in the front of that Bible, they kept recording generation after generation after generation. And I can see people nodding, but those, those who were nodding have all got gray heads. <laughs> Seriously, it, it was. It was great. And I remember going to uh, grandparents and elderly aunts and uncles, looking in the front and seeing the generations that were recorded, like a, a family tree. And it's wonderful. Secondly, the Bible was always on show. You walked into the house, and it was either on the, the they used to have um, like court stands, but it had a little shelf there. It was either on there as soon as you went through the door, or it was in the sitting room, the front room. We never had a lounge in those days. <laughs> we had a sitting room, which was special. Everything was tidy in there, and you only went in there if it, on special occasions. But seriously, that Bible was on display. It spoke out loudly about the family's love of God, how precious that book was to them. And hence, that leaves us, leads us on to the next verse, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The God-inspired word. God-inspired word. And sometimes we tend to forget that this word, this amazing word, is inspired by God himself. It's not just another book. It's inspired by the creator of the universe. And therefore, we should read the Bible seriously, remembering its origins. The inspired revelation of God. It is necessary to read the Bible carefully with a a view to letting it shape confront, guide, and challenge us if we are to grow in Christ. One writer wrote this, the authority of scripture means 
Every word and stroke of the Bible possesses the authority of God and the right to rule the heart, minds, and bodies of every inhabitant on the earth. Scripture's authority doesn't depend on whether mankind cooperates with it or understands it. Its authority depends on the power and supremacy of its author, God. Of its author, God. The source of information is pretty important. We might be less likely to trust the TV news <laughs> or certain newspapers. Depends which newspaper you read as to what slant you have on life. You know, some people believe certain things adamantly. Why? Because it said so in the Daily Mail. <laughs> or it says so in the mirror. I was looking at two extremes. Then. Uh, but seriously, you know, how relevant is that to our lives? How genuine, very often, is that to our lives? You're depending on very often which channel you're watching or certainly which paper you're watching as to how a certain story is reported. I've stopped watching the news genuinely. I've just stopped watching the news because it's so, very often so misleading. It's more important to read or to find information that's firsthand. And in the Bible, we have a lot of first-hand information. The apostles walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. And when they spoke in Acts, they were speaking with authority. We know we were there. We heard it. We saw it. And that's what's so important about the Bible, that it's so reliable. It gives us that amazing foundation I often think at times that Blast, and we've often mentioned this, Blast and Compass Club give youngsters that foundation, that foundation they no longer get in the home, which they used to at one time, no longer get in the school, which sadly they used to at one time, no longer get it in society, which once they had it at one time. You see, that's where... As youngsters, we learned our morals, we learned our ethics, we learned our behavior. But the behavior people are learning, sadly, many youngsters are learning now, is not the behavior would, we would find, or would certainly have found acceptable many years ago. And therefore, organizations, youth groups like BLAST, give that firm foundation, never mind what happens where their roads might lead them in later life. They have had that firm foundation. They've heard the gospel message. And that's why Pastor always says, whatever he says, as long as it's got a gospel hook in it. Yeah, we might laugh and joke about that. And sometimes, you know, we say, oh, Pastor, you're repeating yourself all the time. Every message should have that message of hope for those in the world who are lost because there's an awful lot of them. Those in the world who have no purpose, who have no direction in life. We know that because many of them are in our own families. We know that because many of them are friends, colleagues, neighbors of ours. There is a desperate, desperate need, particularly with youngsters, to have that firm foundation, that knowledge. You know, sometimes we say knowledge is important, but it's a start. Knowledge is always a start. Understanding comes next, and understanding, a grasp of what that knowledge is all about. We may ask what authority these mentors have, these people that talk with authority. I used to wonder, you know, 
when I, when I was in school, how would that teacher know so much? Well, I heard someone say once, you're oh, always an expert if you know that much more than the people you're talking to. Um, and that, in my life, I've learned how true that might be. But seriously, I used to wonder, you know, how do the teachers know so much? They spoke with authority because they had the background. They had the information. And that's why it's so important that we're in the Word of God so we have got the background, so we have got the information. And when people, there are some people, non-Christians, who are well-versed in the Bible, and they throw it at you. Jehovah's Witnesses are a prime example. They just throw the information at you. We need to have that information at our fingertips. Not necessarily to be able to quote verses off by heart. Because I can assure you, as you get older, the ability to remember verses. <laughs> that's why I always admire Brother Andrew. You know, as I, I used to know lots of verses. I, I, I feel ashamed sometimes when I read some of the, the Psalms. And I used to think, well, you know, I used to quote those off by heart. I used to say them in the Sunday school anniversary. And now I know the first line, and I thought, oh, what's, what's the next line? Seriously. It is important, though, that we have the grasp of those words. The, the grasp and understanding. You see, the authority that Paul spoke with was the Holy Scriptures which for him were the books of the Old Testament, but they came from God. Yes, they were written by human beings, many of whom we know, but they were breathed. They were given by the Lord himself. Joshua, sorry, Joshua said these words, and Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. The words of the Lord your God. That's amazing, isn't it? These are the words of the Lord our God. And in the text we're considering the word profitable which could be translated as useful or beneficial, is used for actions that Timothy might engage in, in doctrine, in reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. In other words, teaching, rebuking, convincing, and training. Convincing others, training others. It's amazing how people in this church have come through the church and have been trained to become Sunday school teachers themselves. And what a joy that is to see young people who started off, you know, in their teens, in their, in their infancy, came through Campus Club, Blast, and now are teaching in Blast or in Sunday school themselves. That's a real joy. Doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. You see, Paul wanted to make sure that Timothy was prepared, that Timothy had the tools at his disposal. And though the most important of those tools is the Word of God itself. The implication is that it's the Word of God that is doing the work. Timothy doesn't have the sole authority, when he, but as long as he conveys the scripture, people can be taught, trained, rebuked, and certainly blessed when they act positively. If you have a chance to share your faith, and hopefully you will do as someone who has lived experience of that faith, whose testimony is real, who has had many, many prayers answered, 
And what a joy it is, I've said this time and time again, but what a joy it is in prayer meeting to hear of answered prayer. Last Wednesday, someone said, so-and-so has got a lot better. We've been praying for them for months. They are a lot better. Or the cancer has gone. What what an amazing answer to prayer that is. The cancer has gone. The problem they had has been resolved. We all have testimonies. We all have the ability to tell others. You see, nobody can dispute your testimony. Nobody can dispute your testimony. That's what happened to you. When I was 16, in Salem, in Ton Revel, as they sang Blessed Assurance, I walked to the front, and that God has never let me down since that day. Sadly, I've let him down, but he has never let me down. That's my testimony. That's what happened to me. Nobody can say, ah, oh, well, you, you know, it was, the, <laughs> it was the excitement of the day or everybody else was doing it. No. I walked down. I didn't know my best friend was behind me. But that's my testimony. That's what happened to me. And we all have a testimony. We all sit under the authority of God because it's the word of God. If a Christian departs from that authority, the potency is lost. They might speak with authority, they might argue with authority, but if it's not based on the word of God, it loses its significance, its essence. Paul said in Thessalonians, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance. I love that last phrase, and in much assurance. What is that assurance? That God is with us all the time, that his spirit instills us all the time. And finally, in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. This refers to being prepared. John Stott once observed, Scripture is the chief means by which God brings a man of God to maturity. Brings a man of God to maturity. How mature are we? in our Christian walk? How mature are we in our daily lives? You see, not only does the Bible help to produce Christian character, it also helps to produce Christian ministry. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Prepared. The Bible prepares us And that's what he was saying to Timothy. You are now prepared to go out because you are talking with the authority of the word of God. This is a very sinful world, as we mentioned earlier. We are certainly in the latter days. Both Christian character and Christian ministry is necessary. To tell others, to warn others, that they are heading to a godless eternity. I often think in funerals, when uh, people like Darren and others are speaking, and talk about the gospel message, how many who are unsaved in that congregation think of their mortality? Think of their mortality. I've said this till I bore people about going into the operating theater with peace in my heart. And as I went in, as I lay on that trolley, gurney they call it, isn't it? <laughs> um, 
I did wonder if the person next to me was saved. And what was going through their mind? Is God going in there with them? Do they believe that God is going in there with them? That will give them that peace of mind. Christian ministry is certainly certainly necessary. And in the world of living, a student in history might be satisfied to learn about the Elizabethan age. A geographer might be concerned about learning about how the landscape formed. A physicist to understand how gravity operates. The teaching experience is complete when the student has increased and hopefully understood the information that's been transmitted to them. Paul was partly unconcerned whether Timothy could memorize which kings of Israel were good or bad or even ugly. (laughs) Or how many of the minor prophets spoke to Judah. For Paul, the outcome was that he furnished, he was furnished unto all good works. In other words, that the impact, the Bible had an impact upon himself. The classroom aspect of church life is not unimportant. And thank the Lord for those who communicate so effectively. But has the word of God penetrated such as we are different? In other words, how has the learning process impacted upon us and upon our lives? Does the Bible direct our lives? Does our mourning, devotion prepare us for the day ahead? Does our evening devotion prayer prepare us to relax and go to bed with that, that knowledge that the Lord is with us? Someone once said, not have we read the word of God, but has the word of God read us? Does it permeate us? Does it impact upon us? You see, when you strike a golf ball or a tennis ball, the follow-through will tell you a lot. And sometimes the way the, the player reacts, if he knocks it and then bangs his, his, uh, his club on the floor, you know it wasn't a very good shot. But the follow-through is so important irrespective of whether it's, as I said, golf or tennis or anything, the follow-through, looking at where you're going. When a rugby player kicks the ball, he looks and watches because that follow-through is so important. Similarly, it's our follow-through when we are taught or rebuked or corrected or trained that will display the benefit of what we have read, the follow-through how we respond. Inevitably, I'm going to quote from, from James, which has been said so many times, but usually it's only the first part. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what means of man he was. I think that's a lovely illustration. We look at ourselves in the mirror, and there you are. Sometimes in my mirror, there's an old man looking at me. I don't know where he's come from, but there you are. We look at ourselves in the mirror, and then we move away. Our image is gone. And that's what he's saying. Sometimes that's what happened to the word of God. Yeah, we read it and, you know, we do our devotions in the morning, perhaps. We read that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or oh, better rush because uh, the bus is leaving in 10 minutes. But, uh, oh, right, yeah. That'll... And then we go. Does it impact upon us? Do we question it? Do we try to get a, a deeper understanding of it? Do we ask other people? You know, I've read that this morning and it really, 
really confuse me. Have you read, said to other people, I read that this morning and it spoke to me. It spoke to me. I love that with the, the men's um, men of valor when verses go up in the mornings, many verses. And they're not just plucked out of the air and say, oh, I'll put that one in, that sounds good. It's because that verse has spoken to someone and they want to share it with other people. And that's so important. Hence, our job is simply, I say simply, to implement the word of God. This may, may seem a tall order. There, may, there are bits of the Bible that may be difficult. We may have problems. And again, as Pastor said, we tend, tend to flick over some of them. But it's so important that we, you know, every word there is inspired by God. Every word. So nothing is irrelevant. Nothing is, is there to be flicked over. Joshua said, Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefore to the right hand or the left. That was written a, a long, long time ago. And it's amazing. Some of the things that Joshua said, we tend to think of Joshua just as a, a bit of a, um, a leader of the forces. There's some very profound things that Joshua said. Therefore, not turning to the left hand or the right, keeping straight on because of, of the word of God. A sound advice. Which brings us to another familiar verse. Whosoever heareth the saying of mine and doeth them is likened unto the wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now that might be familiar to you. Why? Because pastor spoke on it uh, a couple of weeks ago. But that parable is important because it talks about, as we've said earlier, that firm foundation of the word of God. The basis of everything we do. And it's so, so important. Central to this, of course, is the fact that our firm foundation is the Word of God. So, have we been influenced by mentors in our lives? How are we shaped by the Word of God? What role does the Bible play in our lives? Is it central to our lives? Do we carry a Bible to church with us? <laughs> I, I was thinking, as I was thinking of that, I thought to myself, uh, I was going to say, you know, carrying a Bible to church is, is a witness in itself. But I thought to myself, well, you're a bright one. So all you carry was in a case. <laughs> and some people, you know, use their phones. Nothing wrong with that, you know, using their phones to read the Bible. Um, but those that do, it's a real witness to others. I am going to church on a Sunday. It may be football on. There may be uh, shops open. But I am going. I have chosen to go to church. And I'm taking the word of God with me. And finally, let the Bible speak to you. Now, a lot of people say, what do you mean by speak to you? I'll give you one example. This morning, I was going through my message, and I said to, to Jan, God, I don't know why, I'm really, really nervous today. It's probably because I was facing uh, a very critical congregation who sit there glumly without a smile on their faces. But seriously, I was very nervous this morning. And my devotion was about Nehemiah uh, in um, one of our devotion booklets. We were studying Nehemiah, and he talked about him going to the king. Now, in Esther, we learn about the danger of going and speaking to the king. 
but he was the king's cupbearer, and he spoke to the king because the king thought he was looking glum. And without fear, he told him about the problem he had in Jerusalem, and he had a result. But the important thing in that devotion was he spoke to him without fear, without fear. And with that was in the company, a few accompanying verses, which really did speak to me. One of them was Isaiah 41.10. 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How on earth could I possibly be worried, nervous, when you have that sort of support uplifting you? I don't know why I was surprised. After all, our greatest mentor is the Lord himself. Is he yours? Let's bow. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have of meeting around you a word, that inspired word, that divine word. Oh, help us to appreciate it more and more. Help us to understand it more and more. But most importantly, Lord, help us to make sure the impact upon our lives as we go out into this dark and difficult world. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll sing our closing hymn, and then perhaps uh, Julian will close us in a word of prayer. Oh, happy day that fixed my... I'm sorry, I find difficulty reading these words. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice (laughs) on being my saviour and my God. I was like that when I used to go into special needs classes, you know. The kids would read so far and there was a word they couldn't understand. I used to say it for them. <laughs> well, may this glowing heart rejoice and tell us raptures all abroad. It's easier if I looked at that, isn't it? You've got the advantage of seeing that. Turn around and have a look at that. Anyway, it is a blessing to be able to praise God with these wonderful, wonderful words. What? Oh, happy day. Is it a happy day for you? Yes. Oh, happy day. Thank you.
Show us who the way, Lord, and uh, that is that David has uh, shaped our lives and shaped our eternity, um, and we are just so thankful to you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity today to gather together, uh, to fellowship and to praise and worship you together, Lord, and we thank you for the word that our brother Brian has brought to us. We pray you continue blessing upon, upon him and upon the word as we go from this place considering the things that we've heard. And so, Lord, we pray that you will be with us, that you will just bless us as we uh, leave this place. And uh, that we gather together again uh, later today, again, to praise and worship you again, Lord. Uh, we pray for those who are not with us, Lord, those who uh, are unwell, uh, those who uh, would love to be here, but for one reason or another uh, are not able to be with us. We pray for them, Lord, and pray that your blessing will be upon them also. So uh, be with us, Lord, we pray, until we meet again later this day.